Okay, go for it. Okay, we're going to go ahead and get started. Um, I know it's just 3.30, and so you may have some people coming in a little bit later. Is that okay about all these there? Okay, all right. Okay, well, I'd like to introduce to you, once again, Sarah Fryer and her father, Leslie. And they're going to present this afternoon, and I think they have a lot of really neat things for you. Okay, you're up. Thank you. Good afternoon. Today we are going to do when students publish videos go viral, lessons learned. And this is going to be led by me and my dad. The questions I have for you. Is YouTube unlocked at your school? How many of your students are using YouTube at home? What are you doing about the ugly stuff that happens on YouTube? And those are my questions. Why don't we give them, let's give them a little bit of chance to respond. So uh, by a show of hands, how many of you are able as teachers to access YouTube? That it's, uh, wow, that is, that, that's a big change from even a few years ago. How recently have you gotten that access this year? Some people had it for a long time, or is it pretty, pretty new? Um, okay, and how about students? Do students have access to YouTube? Okay, a few do, but most don't. That's right. They're very smart, aren't they? So we've got about 20 of our schools in Oklahoma doing a one-to-one laptop project, and one of our schools um, realized that if they just blocked everything at school and kids went home to an unfiltered situation, they weren't really preparing kids to be making choices about what they needed to be engaging with and how they needed to behave. Um, so if you want to take the next question. And what about, what are you doing about the ugly stuff? Or stuff? do you want to, no, let's do number two. We do skip oh. number two. How many of your students are using YouTube at home? I'll have a feel for that. A ubiquitous thing. And isn't that incredible? I mean, this is a really different world in which anyone has an opportunity to publish and the majority of students, and everyone does not have connectivity at home. Everybody does not have a computer. But for those that do, and they have high-speed internet, the opportunity for somebody to just say casually, hey, did you see that Harry Potter, what was the puppet one called? Harry Potter Puppet Pals. Have you all seen Puppet Pals? Do you all know? That's a very common video that probably most of your kids have all seen, the Puppet Pals video. It went viral and kind of defined. Uh, in fact, maybe we should see it. Should we, should we see that? So how do you how do you go about finding a video, Sarah? I go to YouTube. Go to YouTube and look for and it. Look for it. I will usually go to Google and put in the name of the video, and I will just search from Google rather than searching from YouTube. Is YouTube something that you've talked to your students about and had conversations about much? Um, one of one of the things I'm always interested to find out from kids is, you know, what are you watching on YouTube? You know, what are the what are the videos that you're that you're seeing? We have a perception in some cases that everything that that they are watching um, is 
is garbage and trash. And while that certainly might be true, it's not the case in all cases. All right, so this has had 98 million views. This is the Potter Puppet Pals. Mysterious ticking noise. Over here, over there. Kind of catchy. Snipe, snipe, savorous snipe, 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 savorous snipe. Snipe, savorous snipe. Snipe. turn to your neighbor and um, this is always actually one of the things um, to know about you all know about quiet tube has anybody heard of quiet tube so quiet tube one of the one of the things and I'm not going to be doing it in this session but I did it in the, in the keynote this morning is whenever we're going to show video to students it's always a good idea to download them uh, separately so we can just play them because there's a whole bunch of stuff we have no control over when it comes up. And we're going to talk about that today as far as tags and keywords and things like that. When you have um, a video that you would like to show and you want to show it live, um, this is what QuietTube does. You simply drag this QuietTube link up here to your um, bookmarks bar and watch what happens when I click QuietTube. It just strips everything out. So there are no comments, there's no related videos, there's nothing except the video that you can just play. So chalk that one. It's just a little note to self, quiet tube, because if you are going to use YouTube in the classroom and you either don't have time or whatever, for whatever reason, don't download it in advance, what a great tool to strip out so many distracting and potentially, you know, objectionable things that could happen. All right. So um, turn to your neighbor and talk to them, introduce yourself to them, and the question is, why might it be a good thing to know some of the videos that every student in your class has seen, but you haven't? Okay? Turn to your neighbor and talk about that. We'll give you uh, 60 seconds. Okay. 
You do. You can decide. You can decide. We have four scenarios. We need to go through our slides and we need to um, show, talk about the um, a little bit of an overview of what we're going to discuss, and then we'll go into those four case studies. Okay. We have um, the Good Morning Slaughter. America, Justice Slaughter, you, Grayson Chance, and um, Willow. Oh, well, well, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, we'll set, we'll set, up, we'll set up each case. Each oh, three case of them bad? Talk about. One of them good? No. No, I mean, really, three of them are good. The Jesse Slaughter one, but there's things to learn from yours. Is yours good or is yours bad? That's a, that's a good question. Okay. So for this, as you're facilitating this, ask them, um, well, let's get some answers. What are some things that you said and your neighbor said about um, why it might be a good thing to see viral videos with your students? Okay. Like right after? After the bell rings, yeah. What are some good things that you and your neighbor partner talked about that about it might be good to see viral videos? Get a few more. Get a few more. This is called wait time, and this is a hard part of teaching because we tend to not want to wait because it's uncomfortable. But the good thing is, we have a, a smart audience, and if you wait, you know you'll you'll, you'll have some other people share. <laughs> Anybody else have a thought besides that one? Right. Have you read Cultural Literacy by Edie Hirsch or heard of Hirsch? He's he's the one who wrote um, or his group has written what every first grader should know, what every second grader should know. This is a is a is a good book, and I'm not a complete advocate of everything that he talks about but one of the things that he says is that we need a shared cultural literacy it's impossible to talk really um, fully about genocide in the former Yugoslavia or in uh, parts of Africa if we don't know about the Holocaust and we don't know who Hitler was and we don't know you know that chapter of history because there's a disconnect you know there'll be things in my brain that I'm talking about that aren't in your brain and it's very interesting that we live in this world where now uh, culture is created and shared outside the bounds of any traditional publishing and the, the traditional ways of controlling um, the content in the media. <coughs> so what I'm trying to do also is, and I sometimes do this too much, is when somebody says something, I'll like add to it. Sometimes it's a good thing, but sometimes it's, you can do too much of that too. Anyone else have any other things to add? Do you want to take question three? Okay. Question three. What are you doing about the ugly stuff that happens on YouTube? I'll answer that first. I think a lot of schools and, you know, churches and families, a lot of people in general are not doing anything about it. They're basically ignoring it because that's not stuff they want to deal with. So that would be one answer. Anybody think of another answer? Well... 
again, at our school, it's filtered out. We don't let the kids use it, too. But I think sometimes by taking something away from them, it doesn't, again, teach them yeah. the discriminatory things they need to Okay. Do. So we're, we're blocking and restricting access uh, to it at school. That's something that we're doing about it. Because there are a lot of ugly things. And we are not going to go today on the web in search of the ugly. But we are going to talk about things that we've learned as a result of not only going to YouTube, but publishing on YouTube, and how we need to be prepared for situations, because anyone in our community could be videoed and put on YouTube. I was just told this morning, there was a Manhattan teacher here in the last couple weeks, maybe the last week, that was videoed, and it was in the Mercury's blog, and anyway, it got put on YouTube. I mean, that can happen to any of us, right? With a kid who has a camera in their pocket. Or we could have one of our children be involved in something going on. Or even more likely, our children are encountering a lot of profanity, a lot of hate words, a lot of anger, um, as well as content that we might have an issue with. And that's probably even more ubiquitous than my video went viral. Okay. Okay. These are some of the things that so we can So, Sarah and I, you want to tell us uh, when we presented about this before? Um, when we were in New Hampshire, we did this same um, presentation, and um, we're going to be talking about four scenarios. We're going to be talking about the Jesse Slaughter scenario, the... Um, Grayson Chance, the Willow Smith, and then mine. And um, these are some words that we, um, we, me and my dad jotted down some different um, things that we can do to help. And lessons learned, things that we lessons want you learned. to walk away from. So and, and then we put them into two, two words. And some things we talked about is um, the moderate comments. Um, flag videos, which that's where if you see something bad that's going on, you can flag it, and then the YouTube people can take their down. Step away if you're being hurt by the comments or anything. Um, to block attacks, video visibility, good comments. Everything's not going to be bad that you see on YouTube. There are some good comments that you will get. And with mine, I got some bad ones, but I also got a lot of good comments. And do research before you take your video and not just come in without practicing or anything. Because you may come to something that wasn't right or anything. And we'll talk about an example of that. Right. I'm sure that. Name caution. Don't you try to use real person's name in your videos. Because in mine, again, I am um, talking about a guy, and he, um, I'm glad he can say his name, because I know he is on YouTube. And if he saw it, I know he would have gotten really mad at me. Um, tag carefully. Um, when you're tagging your videos, um, try not to do 
big ones too. That's another thing. Well, and just be really careful because the tags that you add make a huge difference. You probably never want to search YouTube for the word tasteless, okay? Because there's going to be horrible things that even if they're not considered pornography, there's just a lot of garbage that's out there. Those kinds of tags are one of the ways that you get the related videos. And so that's where sometimes you can have an innocuous video, um, but if it just happens to have, you know, somebody else has, has that in the title or that, um, that tag is something that they've used, um, then it's something that it can come up as a related video. So we're going to be coming back to these because these were kind of themes. Sarah, do you want to tell how this was created? Because you've done several yes. of these. This is in um, Wordle, and I know a lot of these in my school. It's called Wordle.com. Yes, yes. Not And you. Um, do you want to show how to do it, actually? Sure. Okay. You can create. How many of you have used Wordle before? Okay, so pretty much everybody's familiar with that. And I like using Wordle, and I did them. I've got it over here. If you can go over to the doc. Do you all know how to make um, words stay together in a Wordle? No. The tilde. So go to the um, to text number. Yeah, and then just yeah, click that and then go up to the top. So we've got all of these things, and actually Sarah was the one who said, we need to make some of these bigger. And I said, how are we going to do that? She said, well, put them in more than one time. So these are all two-word phrases, and we have a tilde in between them. So Sarah, if you copy them, then you can walk us through how to, how to make this. Okay. okay, I just copied it, and now I'm going to click Create. And now I'm going to paste in... All of my words. And you can do this in Word or Textringer. Those are all my words that I did. And now I'm going to click Go. And in my class, we did one with, like, my enrichment class, we did American things. We were studying the American culture, and we um, made a... On our piece of paper, we did all the things that America do, like some people did like apple pie and stuff like that. But then you get to click font. I like grilled cheese. The font I like, that is grilled cheese. The layout is like, do you want it rounded edges? I like rounded edges. And mostly ver vertical, half and half, horizontal, any which way. I like half and half. Kind of see it both. And then you could pick your colors. And usually our teacher just has us either do, um, she usually has us do black and white, um, but you can do any colors. I like the orange carrot. But then I have made my wordle. And then you can print it. You can um, save to the public gallery. <coughs> or you can copy it. And I like Wordle because you can, like I've made a lot of Wordles and I put them onto my door with things like say my name really big and then say all my favorite things. And I did one for each of my, my brother's room, sister's room, parents' room, and then I have one on the fridge for a whole family. And so I've kind of decorated the house with Wordles. She is into Wordles, so. All right, well Sarah. Yeah, I had a question on two of those comments. So you got moderate comments and flag videos. Um, so one seems to be something you would do on your own channel or your own video, and the other one seems like something you do just surfing. Is that 
So you have two ideas coming together? Or right. Moderate is not on by default when you publish a video. So when you publish a video, you want to edit that video, and, and we'll sh we can show you where that is. Uh, it's a just selection to say I'm going to moderate the comments. If you don't put that on, then... Then anybody can comment uh, without any kind of moderation happening edit, right. at all. Oh, really? Right. So... Um, we're going to start with, which one do you want to start with that too? Well, let, let, me, let me show them this real quick. So I'm going to, when you're logged into your account on YouTube and you go to my videos, your videos come up and you have um, an edit option to be able to make changes to the title and to the description and to things like that. And when you scroll down here, um, there's more information that you can put in. You can put in the date and time, the uh, location. But this right here, this is where comments are. And you can see that the default, and I actually didn't do this. I, does anybody know if you can make um, moderation the default? Has anybody figured that out? I don't think it's possible. I've tried to figure out if it's possible, and I don't think it is. So you have to go in and actually click allow comments with approval only. And I recommend that in all your videos that you do, you do that's a setting that you make. Um, depending on how you friend, you might consider doing that, but this is probably the safest thing. And so what happens when you do that and you click Save Changes is that when you receive a comment on a video, and I'll go here and I don't know, bless you. Um, this is actually looks like just a lot of spam. Um, okay. Here we've got comments for approval. So here's a video... Um, that we posted about the new Lego store in Oklahoma City and it says approval required um, for that video and this person just says a new Lego store opened in Penn Square on this day so that's fine we'll go ahead and approve that here's what, a video I posted about homework flipping and it says what a great explanation of the flip classroom we'd love to have your input on, on vodcasting.ning.com so you can just kind of see, this is a queue, and these come in, and you can approve them. Yes? There's one more setting that a teacher recommended to me on my kids' videos, and that's the, to disable related videos. Oh, I didn't know you could do that. Yeah. Really? I don't know what, what they're going to wind up with. And she, she wouldn't even publish our video until that was turned off. Don't ask me where that is. Okay, well, we'll look it's, at it. It's in there somewhere. We'll look at video it. Responses, when, you, when you embed a video, so Yeah, when you embed it, you have that as a choice. Um, oh, maybe that's what it's Yeah, called. so, that and all the time, because I'm embedding videos a lot on my blog. Um, first off, this is the, called the channel view, okay? And you can't see comments here on the channel view. We see the current video, and then we see um, other uploads, but there's not any comments that are visible. If I click the link here for Catherine Berry Speaks, it's going to play here inside the channel window, but I need to click it down here to make it go onto the single video page. All right? And this is where all the related videos will show and where the comments that are down below will show up as well. When you're going to embed a video and you click the embed link... That's the flagging. Right. Very good, sir. That's to flag the video. Um, this is where you can choose to include related videos or not. And the reason why it's nice not to is you just have no control. And if anybody uses that tag or whatever, then, you know, 
that your, your audience can be surprised, even when you've embedded the video right on there. Okay, so um, we've got four case studies to, to take a look at. And Sarah, which one would you like to start with? Let's start with mine. Well, it's yours? Okay. All right. You want to set this up for them? Oh, I forgot my introductory thing. Should I do that really fast? Okay. I have uh, just three, three little quick things with a picture, okay? Technology, probably morally neutral. It's a tool. Is the shovel evil or is the shovel good? Well, what are we going to do with the shovel? We're going to use it as a weapon? We're going to use it to plant a beautiful garden and plant flowers and grow, you know, fruits and vegetables that can provide for our family. There's a word I learned called protein. So if you're Scrabble words with friends person, maybe this will come in handy. It means something that can take a lot of different forms, extremely variable, ex- uh, readily assuming different shapes or forms. So technology in the sense of a computer or a smartphone is protein in a way a shovel is not, in a way a chalkboard is not. What could I do with this computer? All kinds of things. I could read ebooks, we could watch movies, but I could create movies and I could write things and I could interact and I could video conference and all of these things. So it's very flexible. So I've heard some people actually say, don't call a computer just a tool. It's a protein tool. It's a very powerful tool. And and with that power comes a lot of responsibility. Next frame is water. How'd you learn to swim? A chalkboard, right? The teacher said, it's dangerous. Be careful. No, you went to the pool. You had lessons. There were adults that got in the water with you. And they supervised what happened. And there's continual supervision, right? Because there's always a temptation. Sarah, what are the temptations at the swimming pool that might be dangerous things that you're tempted to do? To dive in the shallow. To yeah, dive in the shallow end. Maybe to run, right? Running on the concrete. Yeah. There's all kinds of things, and it's dangerous. But we know we want that skill, and so we learn to swim. And so I think there's a really good analogy to make to swimming. And then the last thing is kind of a frontier analogy. We are on the digital frontier. Oh, my gosh. YouTube didn't exist before 2006. We weren't prepared for this in school because this capability didn't exist. I mean, we were, and there's things that are transcendent of technology that help us prepare, hopefully, to use good common sense and to work with others and seek wisdom of elders. And you know, There's a lot of preparation we've had. But there's a lot new that we didn't get to learn about when we were in school because it wasn't available. All right, so that's our quick intro. Um, Sarah, why don't you tell us about this video? I see there's 195,000 views on this video. What happened here? Well, um, it was when the uh, um, kid, when Obama did a speech to the kids. President Obama. President Obama. He, uh, and then he, it was supposed to be shown in schools, but my class wasn't doing it. And so my dad took me out of school so I could go see it at the house. And after it, my dad said, do you want to do, do, do a little response video? And I said, sure. So I did it right then. But it happens that I was the only one in the U.S. that did. <laughs> and so that is why it went um, very high. And also, it went up on these different sites. And mm-hmm. Reddit and, and Dig, but Reddit mainly, which is a website lots of people. Like topped video and lobby or something like that. Right. Well, let's take a look at it, and then we can look at some of those other, other things. Anything else you want to say about it before you start? 
Is it hard to watch it sometimes? Yes. Why is that? Because I messed up in one part. Okay. Hi, I'm Sarah from Oklahoma, and um, I just got done watching the President Obama speech, and um, my dad picked me up from school so I could come see it. But um, today at school, it was really weird because the guy that sits next to me, um, he was like, um, I was like, hey, I'm, I'm going to get your car really to go see the Obama speech. And he was like, oh, I'm a Republican, so I'm not allowed to see it. And I'm like, okay. And then, and, and then he's like, tell me if it's bad. And I'm like, um, great. <laughs> and then, um, so I was just, I, I want to talk about what I thought about it. And, my favorite part, I think, was the part where Obama went, um, tw 20 years ago, people invented, like, things like Twitter and Facebook and MySpace, and what are you, what, what are you going to make an impact on this 20 or whatever? Because maybe 150 years from now, their president's going to say, these people, 100 years ago, they did so-and-so to impact in our world. What are you going to do this, this time around? And then, uh, I don't know, I just thought it was really great. And, uh, yeah. So were there any mistakes in that? And look at this. There's an example of why it is not a great thing to have related videos come on. In fact, I probably should have... It's not, well, it's a teachable moment, right? Mm -hmm. Could this happen to you? Oh, it could. So what are we going to do about that? You know, if, if I see that that's a possibility of happening, my best option, if I'm going to choose to share a video, is to have a folder on my computer where I download videos and um, have that video so that I can play it offline. Yeah, I actually, the thing with... I said 20 years ago, um, that's not true. Right, and you know, that, that was actually probably one, a hard thing because some people were very harsh in their comments saying, you're so dumb, you don't know that Twitter was just invented in whatever, 2006 or something like that around the time of YouTube. Uh, it so feels we, like 20 years. It does, it feels like it when you're 10 years old. And we have learned the failure battle. And would you like to tell that to them? Because one of the things that Sarah put when we brainstormed our lessons learned and things that we want you to walk away from this session with was the failure battle. So talk about that. What is that? And you can kind of, before you show them how to do it, you might just set it up and kind of explain. Okay. Well, like that thing, I made a mistake, but that's okay. So this is what you can do when you make a mistake. Get up and go, Woohoo! I made a mistake! And we're not so excited that we've made a mistake, but what we're excited about is that we've learned. And all of us learn from making mistakes. We live in an educational culture today that almost seems to treat failure as, you know, a fatal thing, that you're just going to be killed if you make a mistake. I learned that in 2005 in... Uh, California at the Apple Distinguished Educators Institute, a lady who works with Pixar Studios, might be a group you've heard of before, um, and works with their animators and does improv and things to help inspire their creativity. 
she taught that to us. And it's something that you can teach your students in your classroom, too. Okay? You may say, woohoo. Now, your kids may or may not, you know, buy, buy into wanting to do that, but I've been in classes where, where the kids do. You know, it's part of the classroom culture, and it says, it's okay to mess up. I mess up, too. I learn from my mistakes, and we're going to celebrate the fact that, okay, learn that. That doesn't work. Try something else. And in the history of innovation, whether it's Edison and the light bulb or whatever you're going to look at, how many failures, you know, came before the breakthrough? Let's do something. Okay. All right. Next, you want to keep talking or you're going to go to the next video? Uh, no, I think we need to, um, well, let's, let's give you a chance to, um, to talk to your neighbor. Um, what are some of the thoughts or questions that you have? We have a little, a, a little more to tell about um, this video in terms of what happened, because that, this was, I turned the comment moderation off after 2,500 comments. And when Sarah said some things about it becoming a popular video, on our page, and we'll put this link up a couple times. We've got this link so that you can see it. Um, here are you know some of the some of the posts um, that happened. The next day, over 17,000 videos or, or views over YouTube. So this is obviously something that's you know we never never expected. Um, three days after it happened. Uh, YouTube gives honors for videos, and so 35 hours after posting this, this was the number one most discussed education video in education worldwide, number 88 most viewed video period in Canada, and then the country. Sarah, do you want to read the names of the countries? Yeah, it's hard the to countries, see. 91 most you, you don't have to do the numbers, but just do the countries. Uh, um, Germany, Australia, Canada, United Kingdom, Ireland, India, New Zealand. Israel, Spain, Mexico, France, Italy, Japan, South Korea, Netherlands, Poland, Brazil, Russia, Hong Kong, Taiwan. Czech. Czech Republic, Sweden. I mean, I work with technology a lot, as I think you probably do, and we know that this is a global medium, but few things have brought home the global nature of the Internet and specifically publishing on YouTube like this experience. This caused my mother to call and say, Wes, Sarah's got to go underground. She can't publish anything for years. Everyone knows her now. And it's like, well, let's just take a deep breath. Just because we have a video on YouTube and just because thousands of people are watching it right now does not mean someone's going to come to our house and kidnap and murder us. Yet that really is the fear that we have today. If we have our child's picture on YouTube, it's going to immediately lead to kidnapping and death. Now, we certainly don't want to be poster children for any kind of Internet safety episode on Oprah or anywhere else. Um, and the risks are real for predation and all kinds of, of bad things that can happen. But um, you it's not the, the, some of the fears that we have when it comes to YouTube. Um, we need to have, a, I think, an informed approach about it. So uh, let's give them a chance to talk. Um, why don't you turn, turn to your neighbor, and what are some of the questions that you might be having or some of the, the issues that you think we ought to, to talk about here for this kind of situation? Okay? Take 60 seconds. Some of you may need to move because you're sitting by yourself. So one of you shift. Go up next to somebody else. Introduce yourself. Take 60 seconds and talk. I'll come back.
What do you want to do next after the show? Well, my partner makes her go right there. You can't have the water. Okay. Okay, because that's kind of a negative one. Okay. How are you going to set that one up? Do you remember the story of what happens? Uh, you want to set that one up? So the 1500 I'll do the best thing. So you facilitate. And when somebody says something, you can reflect them back saying, so you're saying that you can add some of your own ideas. Um, or you can ask me to elaborate. Can you tell me some more about that? Elaborate on that. And then I'll type. I'll type our ideas. Okay. Yeah. What are some things your neighbor talks about? How did this affect you when it first came into a viral like this? Well, talk about your experience on how you were impacted. I did not see any of that comment. My dad did not let me see any of the comments. Um, so I, I didn't feel bad or anything. I just thought I was just making this just for my family to see, but that's not what it came out was. You didn't realize it was going to be seen by other people, you think? I mean, I knew it would, but I didn't know it would be seen by thousands of people. Until my other videos have only been seen 19 times, I mean, and I think it would be seen that many times. Would it change how you did your video if you imagined beforehand? Yeah, I think I would have maybe practiced a little bit more. I just kind of just went off the bat and started talking. So. I have a question for you. Um, did you know that you messed up before you published the video? You didn't know that. No, I didn't. I mean, I can't. I no, knew. you didn't know that about I Twitter. Didn't know. Okay. Because my question would be, you can rewrite that video a million times. Did you want to publish it as soon as possible? Did you consider talk with someone? Is it okay, or if, if you just want to put it out there? Yeah, I think so, because I put it out the day it came out, so the day of the video. Anybody else? Absolutely. And just the whole idea of writing when I'm emotional. How many of us have experienced, maybe not you were the writer, an uh, email that was emotionally laden that should not have been sent? Right? Anytime there's something involving emotion and contentiousness, this is a lesson I wish I had learned years ago. Pick up the phone. Go to the person's office or their classroom. Handle things in a synchronous non-documentable way not because we're going to say things we're embarrassed about hopefully but because it's easy to misinterpret sometimes we write things down even when we're logged in that we might not say to somebody's face when we're talking with them that's a huge gigantic digital 
citizenship lesson. And it's not just for kids. This is an issue. We beat up the kids and we say, those kids are so... You fill in the blank. Adults, there's so many different examples of not being respectful, saying things that we shouldn't say, being flippant. And of course, email is, is uh, what do you call it when they can get it for the court case? Subpoenaable, or there's another word for that. Got to be aware of that, right? Did you see the Super Bowl ad reply all? Did y'all see that? We want to. We don't want to get distracted with the well, Super Bowl yeah, ad. Right. Any other things you'd like to ask? Or, well, my dad's getting the video. When you record a video, um, and I work with students that are fourth graders and do a lot of video, it seems like their reaction to their video is they're all embarrassed and they're really shy and. They want to go hide under a table when their video is playing, but yet they want to watch each other's videos. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like that too? Sometimes. Do you, I mean, they, they're, this may be the first experience some of these kids have had hearing their own voices. Right. And yeah. seeing themselves in front of a camera. And so I think sometimes they're really excited to make the videos, but yet they they don't like it, so they do it. Really I'm wondering how many of your peers I don't think so, but it was just recently that I actually told the guy that had said the stuff that was this was last year. I said, hey, or his name, and I said, do you know you can see my tons of people on YouTube? And he goes, I have, and he goes, why? And I said, yeah, you just have. Well, not exactly. They didn't see him. Right, but I was he was mentioned. About him. Right. And um, he didn't believe me, so that's okay. But you know, I don't really usually talk about this stuff with my friends. It's kind of like a hobby. Yeah, I mean, I can. I don't have anything against it, but we don't really talk about that kind of stuff. I don't know. Our students, though, have a lot of literacy and a lot of, when I say literacy, they have experiences with dealing with these kinds of issues as far as when they come up. Um, some of the things which came up as a result, by the way, this is Webspiration. You all familiar with Webspiration? It's free. It's still in beta. It's inspiration, but it's on the web. So you can just create an account, do rapid fire, and do brainstorming, and the same kind of, you know, outline view, diagram view, and anyway, it's just in the web browser, and I can get a link to share it. So I could link this immediately to our, our handout to be able to share. Okay. Um, one of the things that, well, you agree to skip? No, I want to, uh, let's say another thing about, about your video. Um, where did it go? Anybody ever have too many tabs open? Power browser. Actually, I learned, this is a little aside, there's an extension for Google Chrome called um, too, many, too Many Tabs, I think. And it lets you take your tabs and then just put them away and then save them uh, for later. All right, I'm not sure where your video went. Okay, well, you just want to go to the next one? Some of the things that I had to do as a result of this. Um, if I was to go back in time, you asked Sarah, would you do something different if you were doing this? 
I was so glad I turned moderation on. That was a very good thing to do, because from the beginning these were moderated. I would not have allowed any comments which attacked others. I did not approve any comments that had profanity in them. There were a lot of those. But I would not have allowed any of the comments which uh, attacked other people. There is so much anger and hate in our society. And in a very real sense, I think YouTube reflects our society. It also can reflect some great, beautiful things, some wonderful things. But uh, since I approved some, some comments that were attacking, that led to a lot of back and forth. We had people coming to Sarah's defense to not you know, be attacking a fifth grader or fourth grader about what she knew of um, Twitter and when it was created. Um, we also had some kind of scary stuff happen. And again, I was very glad to moderate this, and these weren't things that Sarah uh, saw as far as, the, as all the comments. But one of the things that happened was somebody got really angry that I would not approve their comment. And I had, uh, I think, actually messaged the person, um, possibly. I think I didn't message him. What I did was I just put in the comment string, I'm not approving any comments that have profanity in them. But this person decided to um, grab the video and take other pictures and make a sexually explicit um, version that attacked Sarah and put that online. Oh my gosh, what's going to happen? I was concerned if all my websites were going to be attacked. I mean, who is this person? Are they in, you know, Russia? Do they have access to a, a zombie bot, you know, network that they can launch a denial of service attack to attack my website? I mean, there's crazy stuff that happens now. You know, who knows what's going to happen? Are my passwords secure? Oh my gosh, if I use the same password on multiple sites, I didn't know what was going to happen. And it just turned out it was this one person who was angry. What was really good was we mentioned flagging videos. Well, within 10 minutes of identifying that video as a, as a bullying um, and a uh, harassing video, it was off, was gone. So knowing that you can flag, and it's not just saying stuff like, I'm kind of offended by that, or I disagree with that. But I mean, when there is honest to goodness, and you'll probably run into this in your school, something's going to happen. I don't think YouTube's going to go away. I don't think fewer kids are going to be publishing on YouTube. It was a very good thing to know that when we click the flag, and we're going to say that the video is not appropriate, they have got a very good process for flagging the videos. And when you flag something, and this is a good thing for you to go through and see. How does this work? Report this video as inappropriate. Select the reason. Sexual content, and then you've got sub-choices. Violent or repulsive content. Hateful or abusive. This was what we reported. Okay? Bullying, harmful and dangerous acts, child abuse, spam, infringes my rights, my copyright, any other legal claim. It's important to know about this because your kids, your students, or your parents may be the ones who need to report. And one of the links that I actually have on our site, and it may be... Faster. We, we're okay. 
this is a little two and a half minute video that YouTube writing on YouTube, the basics. From San Francisco to Mumbai, Tokyo to Budapest. The YouTube community spans the globe. Every minute, users upload 13 hours of video to YouTube, and they watch hundreds of millions of videos daily. Monitoring the content of all those videos is a big challenge. That's why we rely on our community of over 280 million people to help flag content they believe is inappropriate. The YouTube flag is the most important tool for telling us about content you think should not appear on YouTube. Not sure what type of content crosses the line? We have a set of rules called community guidelines that lays it out for you. Let's take a closer look. Most nudity is not allowed, particularly if it's in a sexual context. If a video shows someone being physically hurt, attacked, or humiliated, you should flag it. We encourage free speech and defend everyone's right to express unpopular points of view, but we don't permit speech that attacks or demeans a group based on certain characteristics. What else? We draw the line at content that's intended to incite violence or encourage dangerous illegal activities. Also, keep in mind that YouTube is not a shock site. It's not okay to post violent or gory content. So that's the type of content to be on the lookout for. How do you actually flag this stuff? That's easy. To flag videos, you must be a member of the YouTube community. If you're not already a member, you'll need to create a user account. Once you signed in, here's what you do. Below each video, you'll find a flag button. Click on it to reveal a drop-down menu listing different types of content that violates our guidelines. Select the type of content. Sometimes you'll be prompted to enter the window of time offending content appears in the video. Then click the flag this video button. It's that simple. We review flagged videos 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. And in most cases, they're reviewed and acted on in under an hour. That's the story. Remember, we depend on you, the community, to read and understand our guidelines and flag content that you think violates them. Together, we can make sure YouTube stays safe, exciting, and always entertaining. Thanks for watching, and stay tuned for more tips from the YouTube team. Are you familiar with the term white hat and black hat in the context of hacking? Have you heard of that before? Do you know about the black, black hat conference? Um, a black hat hacker is hacking for evil, for bad. You know, they're hacking to get access to your bank account. They're, you know, trying to get um, you know, access to your computer so they can control it, um, so they can use it to launch um, denial of service and attacks. And stay tuned for more tips. Offshore um, gambling sites, you know, before the, the Kentucky Derby. I mean, there's all kinds of things that are going on. White hats are people who have that skill set, but they use it for good. You have students, I'm sure, in your school right now with knowledge about YouTube. Perhaps there is a way for that student or those students to utilize those skills and to share those skills with other students and to help police content for your community. That's a thought. I think this is an important video to share with students and with parents with respect to Internet um, safety and issues about digital citizenship. Okay. All right. You ready to move on? Right. Okay. <laughs> Okay, the next video we're going to see is the Jesse Slaughter video. All right. How many of you heard about this on Good Morning America? And this was... Anybody? 
Um, this was in August 2010. Uh, we're not going to watch the whole thing. I am going to use Quiet Tube for this. You can see this. I don't know. Let me preface this by saying, unfortunately, most of the time when we talk about internet safety, we hear about the outlier incidents and we tend to generalize on them. Oh my gosh, this person has done this crazy, you know, this, these crazy things have happened to this person, so let's throw away our computer. My wife heard a presentation by our Oklahoma FBI person at Girl Scouts. And literally every mom was ready to throw the computer away and never connect to the internet again because they were so terrified of everything that this person told them. Now, when I got out of the Air Force, I honestly thought about becoming a police officer. One of the reasons I decided not to was because I didn't want to deal with, day in and day out, the horrible things that happen in our society. We have got to have police officers and we have to have people working to protect our society. But my point is, the individuals on that front line are only seeing part of the use of the internet. They are not seeing this balanced view, which is pretty hard to, to see. The best panel I was ever on was part of the Oklahoma Library Association's conference in 2007. We had a, K, a Oklahoma um, Bureau of Investigation representative. We had a Google employee. And then I was representing the constructive uses of technology. So what we're about to see is an extreme case. But, and there's a lot of things that we're going to probably be able to say about this. So as you watch this video, how would you respond as an educator in your community if this child was in your school? Because she could be. This is an Florida police are now investigating a case of extreme bullying online. It all began after an 11-year-old girl posted videos on YouTube. Her family says they sparked a nightmare of pranks and death threats. Police are now looking into what they say could amount to a cyber-stalking case. Andrew Canning spoke with the family in a GMA exclusive. Chelsea Slaughter's jaw-dropping YouTube videos are so controversial. I'll pop them back in your mouth and make a phone slashy. They've made her the victim of death threats at just 11 years old. You know Now speaking only to GMA with her parents, Jean and Diane, it's the first time the seventh grader has been out in public since her videos ignited a firestorm. Why so much profanity in the videos? It's just, I had no words running through my mind. It was all done live, and that was just she turned her webcam into a weapon in retaliation over online postings about her alleged sexual history. And if you guys consider and begin, like, label me, against the actual posters, and I'm not a poser. Not helping matters, her father joined in with a tirade of his own. This is from her father. You bunch of lying, no good pups, and I know who it's coming from because I back-traced it. As a father, I was just trying to support my daughter and get people to stop hating. Their retaliation, now seen by more than a million viewers, only made the taunting worse, taking cyberbullying to a whole new level. When this first started, we were very afraid. 
I'm doing a lot of death threats. Online people accuse me of molesting my daughter. Father says she was sent to a mental health facility after the authorities believed she might be suicidal. She says she isn't, but can see how a tween could be pushed over the edge. I think that's completely wrong that people would taunt somebody to some degree that they would actually kill themselves over it. And that's actually completely wrong, and whoever is doing it should be locked away for a really long time over it. Now Jesse Slaughter, which is actually her screen name, is about to enter counseling. But these viral videos may just end up haunting her forever. For Good Morning America, Andrea Canning, ABC News, Palm Coast, Florida. And again, she... Okay. Um, turn to your neighbor. This is your school now. This is a student at your school. Maybe they're in your class. Maybe you're the technology director. And this has just been on Good Morning America. You have 60 seconds. Talk to your neighbor about what you do. How do you respond? What would you what would you do to respond to this? Wouldn't say woohoo. Nope, there's no woohoo to this, that's right. So it's a teachable moment, and we can bring that into classroom meetings and opportunities to, to talk about what were the options? What were the choices? Did they have other choices? What about that dad? What about him? Getting on YouTube and going going off? Of course! First step. Step number one. Now, his daughter's videos needed to be flagged, too. Right? There was a lot of inappropriate use that was happening. And just as the case with Sarah, what tripped it was these sites like Reddit and Dig, where thousands and thousands of people will go every day to say, what's the newest thing? And this video got seen, put on Dig and Reddit, and then boom, you know, it goes viral. So it doesn't have to go on the Oprah show or go on Good Morning America for something to go viral. The way that, that social sharing happens now um, you have people who are 
have a, have a lot of fans or sites that have a lot of fans and they recommend things and send things out and so they can cause something like this to you know be seen by a lot of people what does that say about is the people just not being aware of finding videos or what I mean that that many people could watch something and and, and not have any you know and not have a flag not have a poll I mean right I don't understand how well you may link to their friends they know exactly like could you see Right, but this get back to that white hat, red hat idea. Why didn't? Why didn't? Zero percent. What percentage of people who watch something are going to say, you know, hey, this shouldn't go any further? Right. I'm going to flag this. I mean, that's my question. You know, what is YouTube looking for? How many flags does it take? Or was just nobody flagging these things? Yeah. How did it not? How did it? How did it reach that point? Right. Well, I think also our school crisis intervention processes that they follow when things like this happen that actually would cause the media to actually come to your school and question about that student and your population and what's happening at your school. You have to be prepared for those types of things that happen. Right. Yes. And you know what? One of the biggest things that we need to understand and share, Dana Boyd, who, who just got her dissertation or her uh, doctorate from uh, UC Berkeley, um, investigating how American teenagers socialize and network publics, and, her, and I've, almost, I've started reading her dissertation. One of the important things that Dana finds in hers, and um, Nancy Willard, who has done all kinds of research on this as well, and her website is cyberbully.org, the kids who are at risk face-to-face are at most risk online. Do you know children who are very isolated, who are already acting depressed, who don't have very many activities, who don't have connections to significant adults? I mean, we go down this list, right? Ask the counselor. They'll be able to tell us what, what these things are. What are these? We need to be reaching out to students and not just to students, but to anybody in our community, the primacy of relationships. How important is it? I mean, if Jessie Slaughter had nobody else to talk to about her anger other than her webcam, that's a problem. So technology is a huge amplifier, and it can amplify the good, and it can amplify the bad. Unfortunately, we tend to hear more of this. That's part of the reason I'm so passionate about our Celebrate Kansas Voices and Story Chasers is there's so much positive, constructive potential for us to use social media for good. And will the media pick up on it? No, they probably won't like they'll pick up on something like this. This is a feeding frenzy for the media. But if we allow folks in our communities to have their perception of technology shaped by these kinds of of news episodes, um, I think we... I mean, it's, whose responsibility is it to shape their perception? I don't know. But I think we, we can do that as educators. Part of what we want to do is to help folks become better citizens and become more literate, regardless of what your age is or your grade. And it's important that we, we do that in this context. So, enough of the real negative. Let's talk about a positive example. We've got two of those. Sarah, will you tell us a little bit about Willow Smith, please? Um, he did this video with my hair, and it went viral very, very fast because she had two bank parents, 
Will Smith and I know. Hold on. And, uh, yeah. And I just watched Oprah the other day with my mom. It was the world's most, you know, the America's talented kids or whatever. And Willow was the co- She was the co-moderator or co-MC? No, Oprah. She was talking about it with her. Right. But. Okay. So, obviously some very savvy parents. Will Smith, um, is it Jada Smith? Jada? All right. I like it. Okay. Are we going to see the whole thing? Let's watch like half of it. We won't watch the whole thing. And how old is she? Do you remember? Nine. Nine. No, wait, ten. She was nine when she did this. to learn about this. Do you know what it means when you go to a YouTube site and you see Vivo? Do you know what that means? What's Vivo? By the way, who is the number one most viewed person on YouTube today? Lady Gaga. Lady Gaga is, which we're going to talk about next in the context of Grace and Chance. Um, Vivo is, from what I understand, how can we learn, how can we figure this out? Do we have to wait to a conference? One of the things I love about Google Chrome is you can just Google from from the search bar here. So I'm just going to put Vivo, Wikipedia, YouTube. And here's the article, okay? Vivo is a music video website. It's a joint venture between Sony Music Entertainment, Universal Music Group, and... Abu Dhabi Media didn't know that with EMI li- licensing it. So they are mainstream media recording industry on YouTube. Okay? Is there any money being made here on this page? A lot. How do you make money on YouTube? Look at this. Forty three million. Right. Through advertising, through ads like this at the top. 
through ads like this below ads like this one that are going to play. Did you notice what happened when I did the quiet tube on that? That was kind of cool. The pre-roll ad was skipped. All right. So that was cool. I didn't realize that it would do that. Um, it still did come up with the advertising below here. We learned as a result of Sarah's video that when your video starts to get a lot of views, YouTube contacts you. It says, would you like to advertise on your video? Would you like to have that um, um, you know, video generate revenue and income for you? Okay. What else do you want to say about Willow? Um. And it's an example of someone leveraging the platform uh, in a pretty smart way this to be able to leap to stardom. Yeah, because this is her way to stardom. Her dad and he does stuff, and her brother was a karate kid, and this is her way of getting to know The thing that this reminds me of, um, and maybe you can help me, we, we, can find, we can brainstorm the name of it. Who's the one that took the dentist picture, so-and-so, after dentist? Do you know that story about YouTube? Does anybody know the name of it? How many people don't know what I'm talking about? Yes, there it is. YouTube David after dentist. Okay. Again, YouTube's kind of a reflection of our society. So this child, and who knows what this is going to be like for him in college, when he was under the influence of drugs after going to the dentist, had his dad turn around, shoot a video of him. He said some funny things and, oh, 83 million people have seen it. Oh, and his dad now has a website. And there was an article. And I don't, I, I'll, I'll try to add this one to our page. No, uh uh-uh. uh. It's something very sad. Uh. Yeah, here, I mean, David after Dennis video, Nets family 150K. Uh, my, uh, I have friends that live in Virginia, and uh, their little brother is getting bullied because he's been called the annoying orange. And because of that? Yeah, and I don't know, what is the annoying orange thing? Is that a, a takeoff that somebody did? They did a spoof on that. They, they asked fans what the top ten videos they should do a spoof on with the annoying orange. So they picked right. after Dennis was one of the top ten. Right. So they did an episode on that. So, you know, we really need to talk about character development and character education. We really need to talk about, you know, what's appropriate and how do we treat people. And... Um, Thankfully, there are folks moderating some things on YouTube, but that doesn't mean there aren't, you know, some pretty cruel and unfortunate things that happen. Um, I don't know. Does anybody else have another thought to share about the, the after dentist stuff? <laughs> okay. You want to show our next video, Doc? Okay. Our next one. Yes. Our next video, and it's actually kind of cool because this happened at thinking. Go middle school in Edmond, where I live, and his name is Grayson Chance, and he is on. He used to be on my brother's best friend's soccer team, and my best friend was at this performance, and she got to see him the first time. And Grayson Chance is now 
using the same whatever. So let's set this up. Um, here's my first post about it. Okay, May 26, 2010. Grace and Chance, the sixth grader in Edmond, Oklahoma, is at a church talent show. Right. And. That one, that the Grace and Chance singing Papa himself. Right, but that's just a. And his father um, takes the following video, which is posted to YouTube. Uh, something else just as far as how YouTube works this is an embedded version that's on my blog and these are links that are on our page Um, when I click play here it will start to play if I click it again it will pop out onto the YouTube page what actually I can just double click sorry ask again is that added count like that 37 million there? I don't know. Does that count embedded? I'm not sh- Oh, yeah. Yeah, that counts embedded plays. And I don't know the answer to, like, how long does it have to be? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Just some something else. There's, you know, you've got your corner controls here to go full screen. YouTube went high def. You can change the resolution that you're viewing. Uh, 24p is going to be, the, I think, the lowest quality. This is 360p, uh, 480p, and I think it goes up to 720p. That's the um, uh, number of pixels. Okay, and he has 16 videos now. When he originally published this, he had two. two. Yeah, this was the third video. And now he has an album. Well, right, we're going to... Talk about how that happened. By the way, watch these girls that are in the back. So that video led to a call from a person named Ellen. And Ellen DeGeneres asked him to come to her show. And this is the first time he ever flew on an airplane. 
interesting. Okay, so Grayson, first of all, I think it was uh, it was yesterday uh, I saw your video, and uh, and you were sitting in math class, I believe, right? I was sitting in math class, and uh, I got a text from my mom, and she said, call me ASAP. So the first thing in my mind is, dang it, what did I do now? And so... I finally excused myself from class, and I called, and she said, the Ellen producers just called. And so I said, no, they didn't. And I was like, no. And so, and then I remember just coming home, and then my mom saying, pack, because we're flying out to L.A. And this was my first flight, so I was very scared. So uh, we flew out, and now I'm here, and it's just, I'm still taking it, and it's just amazing. Yeah, it's pretty bad. I mean... You put this up on, first you put it up on your Facebook, and then you put it up on YouTube, and you just think, you know, it'll be fun just to put it up on YouTube. And it's crazy how many hits this has now, right? It's just, it's, it's, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. And where were you performing? Where is this video? Well, uh, it was for a sixth grade chorus performance slash talent show kind of thing, and so it was just in a church in Edmond, so. Uh-huh. And, and uh, the girls, I, I've looked at this, and these, these people must be treating you differently after they see you, because the girls' faces, you can just watch them falling in love with you as you, as you walk away. Uh, well, let's just say I've gotten a couple of numbers. Uh, I think we're going to get a couple more numbers, too. Now, have you had uh, voice lessons or piano lessons? Uh, piano lessons for three years, about three years, but never taken a voice lesson. Really? And, and you write your own songs as well? Well, there are two songs that I wrote, and it's Broken Hearts and Stars, and they're on my YouTube channel as well. And what, what are they about? Well, Stars is about uh, a wife who dies of cancer, and she goes into the stars, and her husband shortly after her goes into the stars. And where did you get this idea to write that song? Uh, I don't really know. Just I kind of felt it. And uh, I write my songs for meaning, mm -hmm. so I either live them or I feel them. Mm -hmm. And Broken Hearts, I lived, so... What was bro what's Broken Hearts about? Uh, it was about two girls in particular, and I'm like... <laughs> and, I, and I tried to make some pretty powerful hints into it, but uh, uh -huh. I'm not going to say their names, of course. All right, no. That's all right. Look what's happening to you now. Now they're sorry. <laughs> Come back, uh, you are just be prepared. Your mind will be blown. Grayson uh, is on uh, YouTube right now singing uh, Paparazzi, which is uh, Lady Gaga's song. And uh, what about Lady Gaga do you like? What is what is the. Well, she's probably my number one inspiration because uh, I love how she's so different. And she takes her individuality and she takes an amazing talent that she has and she makes just great songs that are catchy and they make you want to dance and maybe throw out some Ellen moves that you have and <laughs> they're just uh she's just a big inspiration because I love her individuality and the way she can harness that with her talent is amazing yeah she's she's pretty special um well we have somebody on the line right now uh-oh Gaga hi hi Ellen hi oh. 
I can have that with whoever I call. <laughs> so did you have you seen the video? I did, Grace, and you're so sweet and so talented, and I was so excited that you covered paparazzi, and um, everyone loves you so much. So just keep following your dreams and work really hard, and stay away from girls and be focused. <laughs> Be focused. Did you hear her? Yes. You got to be focused. Uh, but yeah, this is, uh, he's about to sing for everybody here. It's its really exciting. Don't you think when you find somebody that special? It's so great. And, and you know, don't be nervous today. Uh, you already won over everyone's heart. So just enjoy yourself. And uh, I love Ellen so much. She's always so wonderful whenever I come to the show. And as soon as I heard from her today, I wanted to give you a call. So just have fun and give a performance of a lifetime. Thank you so much, Rana. All right, so he goes ahead and sings the song on the Ellen Show. So, Sarah, what happens next? What? What's the next chapter in, in the Grace and Chance story after he sings the uh, song on... Well, after he sings the song, he doesn't go to school anymore in Edmonds. He is homeschooled, and he has the same, what do you call that... Agent. Agent that Madonna had. We tried to get him to actually present at a creativity conference we did last year, and yeah, the the the, the New York agent that Madonna has, uh, he, we were unable to negotiate for him to be able to come. So. And um, I recently went to Barnes and Noble, and they had his CD, and I go, I called my friend and I said. Did you know he has an album? She goes, he does? I didn't know that. And so, um, yeah. And then just the other day we saw, and then, what do you call it? A little booklet or something that we got in Edmund, and it had a whole article about him. And I think his friends and stuff. Did you talk, you talked about his album? Right, yeah. Yeah. His friends and stuff were excited because, and it kind of got a lot of people talking in Edmund because, yeah. So a pretty remarkable. That's interesting. A pretty remarkable story. Um, I think a pretty important story to talk about. Now the video, interestingly, that was just blocked. Um, has anybody seen Justin Bieber's movie? How did Justin Bieber get famous? YouTube, right? It was YouTube. Um, and I'm, I'm bummed that I didn't uh, download this, but Jimmy Kimmel, who I don't really watch his show, I don't watch much television, um, had um, the child who was videoed by her mom uh, crying over Justin Bieber. Anyway, um, had had him online. This was a this was actually a pretty heartwarming video. One of the things that we need to talk talk about this uh, really goes beyond the scope of what we'll speak about at Mace at, at, the, at a, a technology conference. Um, I had a chance to hear Lady Gaga on Good Morning America, Good Morning America, when I was at the gym about well two weeks ago, I guess, and this was before the Oscars when she came out in her egg and all this and, and what she was talking about. 
this happened in Edmond. This happened in our town. And I teach fifth grade Sunday school. So <laughs> I thought I need to talk to my kids about this. And my wife said, no, don't. This is really dangerous. Don't talk to them about that. I said, honey, I bet you the kids have Lady Gaga on their iPhones or on their devices. And this is something we need to talk about. And so sure enough, you know, surveyed them. How many of you have heard of Lady Gaga's song, 10 of 11? How many of you own one? Half, you know, five out of 11. So we had a pretty important conversation about the values that she's promoting and what kind of a message that she has. Um, like I said, that goes beyond the scope of what we're going to talk about here. But, wow, there really are a whole set of influences on our children and on us and on our society and on our culture. And there are people doing things as a result of this platform which might be good choices or maybe they're poor choices. I certainly question myself when Sarah's video started to go viral, am I being a bad parent? Is this, I mean, do I have the right? In fact, I wrote a post about this. I Google right to make my child famous. Is it right to decide to make your children famous? Now, not that we can necessarily say that, but, you know, what are the implications of this going to be? You just think about that, David, after dentist. You know, um, it's not like it's gone mainstream, but thousands of people have seen Rachel's voice thread when she was three about getting a new haircut. And it's a beautiful, you know, little story, and it's very cute, and and it's very inspirational. But um, anybody have any thoughts on that? And do we have a role as educators as we do Internet safety sessions and we talk to parents and we're in this YouTube landscape where, you know, if they decide, I want to go viral, I want, you know, I want my video to be seen by lots and lots of folks. What thoughts do you have about that? My thoughts on it um, are to what purpose is this? Mm -hmm. Is it just greed? Oh, and certainly greed is a huge motivator in our society, right? I mean, and, and so the financial aspect of that is an element. One of, one of my children was particularly talented when he was young, and he was protected by his teachers from the greed of his parents who wanted him to, you know, hey, let's take this, let's go to Disney, let's do something. Right. And I said, no, just let him be normal. Right. And now, you know, he's an entertainer now, but um, he had a normal childhood, which I'm very... Looking back on it, I'm very thankful for that. One of my students uh, in the spring, we do you all know what Pecha Kucha presentations are? Have you heard of that model? It's 20 slides for 20 seconds, and it follows a presentation Zen approach. A lot of the images that I showed in my presentation, I mean, really large screen, not a lot of text. It's a nice way to do PowerPoints and talk about presentations. The topic that really was surprising to me and I hadn't thought about a lot was children, you know, children's beauty pageants, okay? And I'm, if, you're, if you love children's beauty pageants, you know, I don't want to um, you know, say that I'm not saying this to offend you, um, but I think at some point there's a line where it becomes exploitative. And what is that line? And while we've had parents and kids engaged in, you know, children beauty, children's beauty pageants for a long time, you know, now we have this opportunity to be able to put things on YouTube. The Justin Bieber video, which I don't have access to, because I don't, maybe I downloaded it. Let's see. Has anybody listened to a Justin Bieber song? 
What do you think of him? Does he have some talent? Yeah. I mean, he has talent. And I have not seen his video um, or his movie, but from what I understand, it is the story of, you know, somebody who came from very, very little, working very, very hard, and... Sometimes I'll download um, ah, I don't have it. Sometimes I'll download the videos and have them. Yeah, uh, Grace and Chance, does he have talent? Yeah, and he just did a benefit concert for the Children's Miracle Network in Edmond weekend before last, I think, at the high school. And, you know, he's, he's cutting an album and he's on his way. Um, so... In that sense, this is, a, this is empowerment, right? This platform has empowered some pretty phenomenally talented people to get the attention of different folks. And then they gave a helping hand. Ellen gave that helping hand to Grayson. I guess Usher was the artist who gave the real helping hand to Justin Bieber. And, you know, two sides of the coin. We have some real positive sides, but we have some negative coins. But did we think about as the parent, and I don't know, they did, and I'm not... I'm not judging their decision. I'm just asking the question. And it gets to what you said. Did we think about the childhood? Did we think about the impact? Did we not think only, about... Not only that child, but if you have other children in your family, what does that do to those children when you get pulled away from your family to go with your famous child to do these things, you know? Right. There, there are just lots and lots of uh, implications. Right. I wonder how much of a choice that really is, though. Because you got you got... Millions of people out there just trying to get a hundred hits on their YouTube video. Absolutely. So really, does a parent have a choice? I mean, you're kind of luck of the draw. You have better odds of getting hit by lightning than having your kids video viral. If you ask Billy Ray Cyrus, he had a choice, and he probably would change it today. Really? You think he, he had might, a choice. For Miley Cyrus, he changed what he what Yeah, he did? well, his latest uh, GQ interview showed that he that ruined his life, that are you serious? Yeah, I have not heard that. that uh, her getting on that, that show has ruined his family. It's, it's ruined oh everything. So he says he would never have gone there if he'd known what happened at the end of the road. But he kind of had a choice. He was famous at the time. Most parents who have their kids putting a YouTube up um, don't really have a choice of the video going viral. So yeah. Kind of a hit yeah, and I mean, Willow Smith, too, right? I mean, your dad's... Will Smith. I mean, that, that's a very unique kind of situation. Um, quite different from a Grace and Chance, you know, situation where you weren't connected. And, and literally, your parent took a video, put it on YouTube, and all of a sudden it took off. How many of our kids want to be uh, football stars? Do you have any kids like that? Pretty much every boy in my class. Pretty much every boy in your class? Okay. How realistic is that as, as a goal and, ob- and objective? Um you know, it's going to happen in, in Oklahoma. I don't know how much. Do we have a lot of boys being held back still in Kansas for football weight early on? Parents doing that happens a lot in Oklahoma um, because we want our boys to be heavier and stronger, you know, when they're in high school. So they'll, you know, go to college and recruiter and go pro. <sighs> I would guess the likelihood of being noticed on YouTube is probably statistically better than the likelihood of going pro with, with football. Um, and I don't have all the answers to all of this either. You know, the experience that we had uh, in September of 2009 
was a real eye-opener for a lot of different reasons as far as videos. And we know that there are things we all um, face as far as bullying, as far as issues of um, any, anybody could be videoed at some time being, you know, being shown. Um, I'm asking my son and talking about that. He's on YouTube a lot. My son likes to, um, likes to watch Lego videos. He's a big-time Lego fan. Um, but, you know, there's all kinds of other things out there on YouTube to be able to see. Um, there's a lot of issues that we need to be talking about and be in communication about. I'm concerned, and I'm guilty of this at our, at our school now, uh, as not being a catalyst for that locally like I need to be. Um, conversations about these kinds of issues. Now, I don't know that Sarah is going to want to talk about her video for her whole class. and uh, it, No, she's not wanting to do that. Um, but in some ways, that's a, unfortunate, right? That's a missed opportunity. Um, One thing, because the student is in my class. That's right, and that would involve embarrassment. And I'm going to be respectful for your desires for that. And I'm not saying right now that I think that's what we need to do. What I am saying is I think that at our, at our school, we need to have opportunities for parents to be talking about these issues and for kids to. One model that I think can work well, and I've seen it a couple times, is panels of kids and adults. So you can set up a panel and have some different topics and then have those students talk about situations that they've encountered. And what do you do? How do you deal with that? Because a lot of our students are, you know, involved in commenting and sometimes flame wars. They certainly see them on YouTube videos. I mean, when this happened with Sarah, my wife said, do people just sit around in the evening and watch YouTube? Yes, there's a lot of people who do. And so it would be good to use a panel of kids as well as adults to talk about these issues and bring out what, what, what have you found challenging and, and difficult? What kinds of you know, tough decisions have you had to make? Have you been put in a position um, where you had to make some choices about what you chose to watch, about what you commented? Who has faced bullying? You know, and, and those kind of things. Um, I think we need to provide more opportunities for, for our kids to be able to talk about those. And if you went back a year and a half, would you do it again? December 2009, would you do it? Or is that a That's a good question. Um, I think so, because we... We really have learned a tremendous amount as a result of that. I mean, one of the things that was brought up with the Twitter and, I mean, I learn stuff from making mistakes all the time. And even though I wouldn't, for instance, have allowed comments that were attacking and I would have moderated that differently, that's something that I would have done differently. Boy, it's led to a whole level of learning. You know, it's been what 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 could have been evil. You know, was was has, has been utilized for good, and that's part of the reason I wanted to do this session. And Sarah and I have shared this is because we think there's a lot of lessons in this that no, everybody's not going to have a video that you know thousands of people view, but there's a heck of a lot that kids are grappling with as well as adults when it comes to YouTube that maybe we're not talking about and we should be, and and there's stuff that we're not aware of that we haven't thought about before. Can we prepare the parent to be the, you know, in the situation where making making the choice about, I don't know, maybe, maybe they didn't have a choice, you know? It went viral. There were millions of people that saw it. Ellen called. What would we do? What would you do if Ellen called, Sarah? I don't know. 
Now, that's a, but this is an outlier case, right? And, and so we can see these kinds of examples, but you probably need to spend even more time focusing on the situations that aren't the outlier, which is the dealing with the, the commenting um, and possibly being the victim of it too, right? Take that Jesse Slaughter case. Wouldn't have been great if that parent knew there was something called a flag, you know? And instead of recording a video in response, you know, we can flag that. But that's, a, that's one of the most extreme examples I've seen of this kind of thing. And we shouldn't generalize on the outliers. We tend to do that. Well, for school videos, why are you not, not using like school videos? Why do you do Well, I mean, in that case, this was my own channel and publishing that. We weren't publishing that for school. One of the things that I've started to uh, do with my fifth graders at our church is I went ahead and set up a um, channel on Vimeo, and we've used Vimeo to publish our um, finger puppet videos that we've been doing. And this is one of the ways, as far as publishing uh, and sharing, it's a lot less obtrusive to do something. I won't do the audio on this. It's a lot less obtrusive to do something like this that just has student voices, but they're finger puppets, and you know we're we're talking and sharing, but. I specifically wanted to put it over here on Vimeo because I didn't think it would be as intrusive with the related videos and not having control over what people see. You know, about a year ago there was a video of something, I don't even know what it was, and uh, in my men's group at church there was all this hubbub talk, not about the video, but about the related, you know, a video that was over there that, anyway. The person who emailed it out didn't intend for people to encounter that content, but you let go of a lot of control when you tell to somebody, please go to YouTube. So, you're right. I think, I think that, um, you know, the sites like SchoolTube can be good. I think TeacherTube has way too much advertising on it. One of the best examples of a school, and I think, um, I'll talk some more about this. I don't know if I've got this in this session or not. There's uh, the one of the um, schools in Shanghai has a homegrown. I don't remember if I, where I have the link. Um, I'm not going to be able to pull it up. It's a uh, it's their own YouTube for their school, and so it is a sandbox. It's a safe place. They can put all their content there. They can mark it private if they want, but most of it is available publicly, from what I understand. And they are able to have all kinds of conversations that are great conversations to have in their community. And they do not have to worry about the related videos, you know, coming up. So um, one of the reasons to be on YouTube today is the same reason to be on Facebook. Why is that? Why is it important to be on Facebook today? Because so many people are there. Communication is becoming a ubiquitous platform. So... If I'm not present here in this space, I'm missing an opportunity to be on the radar screen of my parents, maybe my kids, depending on their ages. I learned a while back that the best way to see pictures of my grandchildren uh-huh. is to sign up for Facebook. That's right. And a lot of, of uh, teachers have gotten onto um, Facebook as a result of that. I mean, that's the same reason we got onto email in the first time, right? Why did we get on email? It wasn't to get the broadcast message from the principal. It was to communicate with family and friends. So, 
Well, I don't have that Justin Bieber video. That would have been a good one to close with, but I do have this. Um, so real quick, here is a Reply All video. This was a Super Bowl ad. Anybody know how much Super Bowl ads cost this year? One million dollars. I think three. Uh-huh. By September, 90% of them were sold, and it was three million dollars for 30 seconds. The De- did you see the Detroit one where it was about Detroit Pride? That's a good one to see. That's a two-minute oh. video, so think how much that cost. It was about Detroit and... Um, the, it was Chrysler, Eminem was in it, yeah, yeah. and it was about... Okay, even if you saw the Super Bowl, you didn't see this version, because Bridgestone has an extended version, so this is a 60-second version of that video. Oh, but that's the behind the scenes. That's Detroit. And then are you going to show the other ones up? Yeah, you don't have it. No. The... Oh no. Rod, you sent this email, reply all. You hit reply all. You just emailed it to me. So good. <laughs> <laughs> you got me. So when are you headed home? Five-ish? For drivers who want to get the most out of their cars, it's Bridgestone or nothing. I like that. Okay, so there's the 60-second version. And real quick, here is, I think this is... Yeah, minute and a half behind the scenes of the Reply All Super Bowl. Oh, no. Rod, you sent this email, Reply All. You hit Reply All. So, Rod, can you please tell me what this email actually said? Hey, Rod, can you tell me that? Profanity-laced, dirty joke. He's a big... Marshmallows in one hand, two marshmallows in the other. You were going to tell me what the uh, email was? Yeah, So humor is a great way to intersect with some serious issues. And um, I don't know if you've had an incident with sexting in your community where a photograph of someone has been forwarded on to someone else. But if that hasn't happened yet, it probably will. 
we need to be talking about these issues and talking with not just kids, but talking with adults about them as well. I don't think that we... Uh, do you have a closing idea? <coughs> prepare. Do you want to prepare a thought? I don't know that Sarah and I... In fact, I guarantee we don't have all the answers to this. Um, we learned a lot as a result of what we've done. I think that's been positive. I think that the chances that we have to share and talk about this lead to more you know, learning for us about this. I do believe still that we are in the most exciting day ever to be a learner because if you think about why Luther was excommunicated, right, it was for translating the Bible into another language and how hard it was to have access to text. And for years it's been very difficult to have access to ideas. We pay a lot of money to come to big institutions with lots of bricks and mortar in order to get those ideas. And today... It's a, it's a different world, a world that's so different our, our brains might not have processed it enough. So, Sarah, what's your closing thought? Remember that um, we showed these videos not to make you scared um, and to not want to do it. We showed you these videos so you could learn from other people's mistakes so you can um, still do videos but um, use some of our tips and use these. Okay. Thank you all very much.